Welcome, McConaughey's. Join me by the fire. Johnny is here, but he's spending some time chopping wood for the fire, so it's just me on the mic today. New Year's is a time to look back on the previous year and plan for the upcoming year. So for this special episode, we're taking a look back at McConaughey's first five performances. You'll hear highlights from McConaughey's portrayal of Larry Dickens and the Chuck Norris connection in the Unsolved Mysteries episode, Wooderson and the Moon Tower in Dazed and Confused, McConaughey flying through the air as an outfielder in Angels in the Outfield, McConaughey playing a simpleton cop and a love interest for Drew Barrymore in Boys on the Side, opposite a star-studded cast, and finally as Vilmer, Leatherface's brother in Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation. Now, if you've listened to any of our episodes after the Texas Chainsaw Massacre episode, then you've heard us mention the guest from that episode, Amanda Cusack. She is a phenomenal writer who puts out a weekly piece on Substack called The 90-Minute Movie. If you like movies, it is worth the read. All right, I'm going to go warm my hands by this fire and let the choir sing us into this special episode that we're calling Time as a Flat Circle, The First Rotation, Best of the First Five Episodes. Enjoy. Dude, today I have a Larry's Potion cocktail. Larry's Potion? Tell me more. All right. So Larry's Potion cocktail is a combination of vodka, Coke, cranberry, orange, and I had forgotten the lime. I had to go get it just now. But believe me, the lime makes the whole thing. Okay? Because before I was like, this is as shitty as this performance. But now, (laughs) now... This is a drink. <laughs> is this a, a drink of your, your own making? or No, are you kidding? Listen, everything for the podcast, bro. I did some research, and I was like, I need a drink with Larry in it, because Larry is the star of the show. Okay, wow. Well, I'm impressed. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. I start to well up with tears. I mean, the, the, you, you, there's real pain. and um, So I do want to acknowledge that we are talking about a real person about a family that that loves him and we're just here to make fun of the performances that's right? good that's good mark i'm glad you did that you're absolutely right uh a life was lost yeah that day all right so that's the that's the disclaimer so we can do whatever we want from now on <laughs> with that out of the way let's get to it yeah so just to kind of pl- <laughs> <laughs> did larry's potion go down the wrong the wrong pipe there. Larry's coming back to haunt me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What other nice things can we say about him? <laughs> His abs. My God, those abs. <laughs> Perfect. I think that's going to settle the ghost down. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, I guess the, the part of the episode with Larry in it, with Matthew McConaughey in it, starts with, as you said, Larry cutting grass with this manual lawnmower. He's there to, for a few days to help his mom out. And uh, there's this great, great scene. I love it. He's got a, uh, he's got a shirt unbuttoned, cutting grass, and he stops. There's a close-up of him, and he just wipes the sweat off of his face, and you can just see his hairless chest glistening. You know, I mean, Tell me more, Mark. They only had a minute and a half of him on screen, and they, they made good use of it right there, you know? We know what Matthew's talents are and we are exploiting him for those talents right okay right that's exactly what we're doing yeah so in the show he's getting shot and then he like stumbles back into the garage and his mom is there and holds him and edward bell keeps saying give me the keys give me the keys give me the keys no tell them to give me the keys and this is where this is where we get my favorite part of the whole episode where, where McConaughey lets out this like primal scream that uh, it's ridiculous. It, it 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 doesn't really sound like a real scream. It doesn't sound like an animal. I said primal, but like it doesn't sound like an animal. It doesn't sound like a person in pain. It's this crazy scream. I think that he saw this opportunity 
to go for the Oscar, and he went for it. Okay? It's Oscar worthy. Did he swing for the fences? Yeah. I mean, he swung for the fences on this one. And he's like, this is my one time to shine. Here I am on Unsolved Mysteries. I better make the most of it. So I'm going to make this death scene one for the record books. 100% agree. And and that's what he did. He took four to the chest, one to the head. <laughs> and he still had to, still after that, he still had his whole dying scene. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's like screaming. His mom is barely holding him up. And so Edward Bell goes back to his truck to get, and he, he gets a rifle and comes back into the garage to finish the job. Shoots Larry one more time. And as he's walking back to his truck, that's when Larry's sister, 17-year-old sister, comes back from cheerleading practice. Yep. Right? And sees Edward Bell getting back in the truck. Yes. Yes. Exactly right. It wasn't until she got to the house did she realize what had just happened in front of her. She had witnessed what was happening, didn't realize it until she had already parked her car. Yeah. So she rushes up to the garage and like holds Larry as he's dying, um, you know, taking his last breaths. And, and this is where we see McConaughey's lower half. She's like, you know, over the top of him screaming, Larry, Larry, don't die, you know. Uh, and this, this is the last time we see McConaughey in the episode. It was a short, short stint on the silver screen for McConaughey. Yeah. But I, I really think that he took advantage of it in every way he could. I think, I think I got this figured out. You know, moments before we came on the air here, I was like, I'm going to do a little bit more research. And we had talked about, there may be one other person in this show that's noteworthy. All right. Okay. Okay. His name is Eric Norris. He's okay. one of these two cops. I'm not going to say which one because I can't say. I honestly don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's be honest. It's cops on Unsolved Mysteries. All right. Do this, is there a distinction? I don't know. Probably not. You know who Eric Norris is, Mark? Is he a stunt driver? He's the youngest son of Chuck Norris. Whoa! No way. No fucking lie. No way. Yep. You had Chuck Norris vibes in this Unsolved Mysteries this whole time. Wow. Okay. Nope. Yep. Nobody knew. In the jeans. So, you want to know how did they get that shot so well? Well, Chuck Norris was there. Basically, he was he was there doing this. Yeah. Wow. At least half his yeah. DNA was there just spinning a car around. That that is scientifically accurate. Yes. Oh, and you're not going to get this. Eric Norris? Yeah. His birthday is May 20th. Mine's May 19th. Hey. So I'm basically half Chuck Norris. You're adjacent. Uh, yes. Chuck yes. Norris adjacent. And I'm going to wear that with pride. We're going to get you a tattoo that says. <laughs> <laughs> is that kind of like. Um, the Kevin Bacon thing, everyone's, what, six degrees away from Kevin Bacon? Yeah. Yeah. So you're doing a podcast about Matthew McConaughey, who did an episode on Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> Chuck Norris's son was on there, in there somewhere. Somewhere. Your birthday is not Chuck Norris's son's <laughs> birthday, but almost. Almost. I mean, technically, they touch. I mean, they touch yeah. these two days. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, all I had to say about Eric. It's like at midnight between the 19th and 20th, you are Chuck Norris's son. Just for what could only be considered a millisecond, but it's yeah. so goddamn glorious. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And the 19th is coming up. So you're going to be able to experience that fresh. I will, I will be one with the Norris. <laughs> one. What was his thing? Was it the, the mustache that was in the early YouTube days? Are you with me? Like uh, the Chuck Norris, what was his thing? He had a full beard, but he did a lot of show or you know te Walker Texas Ranger and then a lot yeah. of movies like kung fu movies before that. I think where it was the kick. Ah, yep, yep. I do okay. think his beard was in a lot of those memes, though. Like I think it was, yeah. Punchy, yeah, his... yeah. You know they say Chuck Norris is so tough. There's no chin under his beard. There is only another fist. Beard has his own like personality. That's ridiculous. Chuck Norris. We digress. I'm sorry. And I'm glad that we get to get to get this out of the way because Matthew McConaughey has such a great, amazing, golden calf career ahead of us. Oof. Yeah. Right. We have so much to look forward yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, and um, 
And I don't want anyone to think that we're making light of the situation. I think the world, I guess my McConaughey is, I, I think the world can unite around McConaughey's hairless, sweaty chest. For 2,000 rupees, we'd both go down to Matthew McConaughey. I think if there's one thing that we know about this world is that they agree with that. Yeah, I, he's he's been the world's sexiest man, according to whatever the fuck publication, at least once. You know, he made a career in the early 2000s on, on being a sex object, you know, being, being a romantic comedy guy. I think this was a good place, or it, or it at least set the tone, you know, for, for his career going 1, forward. 1,000%. I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again. This role was given to him so that he could mow the grass with that real mower with his shirt off. That's why he was given this, and that is who he is. I do like the Falwells because they deserve everything that's coming to them. Everything. Okay. I love that neither of us, even though we just talked about it, neither of us can trace back to how the Falwells would relate to this performance. So it's perfect. It's perfect. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, uh, one to ten scale, Falwells and Pool Boys. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I uh, strictly on performance, Matthew McConaughey's performance, I give him 6.8 Pool Boys. How many Falwells? Ooh, I feel like Falwells. Or is it, do, does it just come with? It just comes with two Falwells. I mean, here's the thing: Falwells, I feel like, act as negatives in this situation. So I could give him mm. ten pool boys and three and a half Falwells, uh, right? You see what I'm saying? I feel mm-hmm. like they they act in a negative capacity here. Okay, yeah, we'll just say the the pool boy comes along with the Falwells. Mm. Yeah. So we're rating the pool boy. Rating the pool boy. That's fair. Okay. Well, that's what Becky did. Ew. <laughs> Let's write our journal entry for this episode. So, Johnny, as many of our listeners may know, Matthew McConaughey wrote a number one New York Times bestseller book. It retails for $30 American, $40 Canadian. It's called Green Lights. He wrote this book a couple years ago, soon after he started his YouTube channel and started uh, waxing poetic, you know, thinking himself a philosopher. He has a YouTube channel? Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus. I got to get onto this shit. Listeners. Yeah. I'm ready. And he then he released a journal, a Greenlight's journal. So it's like a guided journaling experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he recently did the Art of Living experience where he was hawking a fake philosophy course. Oh, oh I was know. there? Hell yeah, I was there. Yeah, we don't need to get into that too deep. <laughs> But um, I've only read 11 pages of the book. Bullshit. Of Green Lights. Yeah. Dude, I would have said you read the whole thing. No. But I, I've already stumbled upon a, a good journal entry for today. Thank you. Bring it to us. So this is the hard copy version, page 10. And I'll, I'll just quote it here. I was molested by a man when I was 18 while knocked unconscious in the back of a van. I've done peyote. In Real de Catorce, Mexico, in a cage with a mountain lion. I've had four concussions from falling out of four trees, three of them on a full moon. I've bongoed naked until the cops arrested me. I resisted arrest. I've never felt like a victim. I believe the truth is only offensive when you're lying. Wow. I mean, wow. That doesn't make any sense. Wow is right. Uh, And that was on page 11? By page 11. Page 11. Jesus. Tonight's edition of Unsolved Mysteries. Did someone fuck the pool guy? To solve this mystery, let's go back to the beginning. It was there that Mr. and Mrs. Falwell somehow struck up a friendship with a 21-year-old pool attendant named Oiled Up Pool Man. Yeah, and this is where we meet the uh, Ben Affleck character, O'Banion. Mm-hmm. He like, you know, swings his car into the parking lot and he's all excited. He's got a paddle and it's it's uh, emblazoned with F-A-H space Q. Fa Q. Didn't right? catch that. Not for a second. Yeah. But what you hear in the background, especially if you listen to the movie with, with headphones, 
is they say, oh man, he's a dumb shit. He's flunked. He's already, he's flunked before. Yeah. So he, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's, I guess has already been a senior, like who knows how many times, <laughs> which, which senior year this is for him. Uh, yeah. And yeah, this is where we see again, just kind of, I mean, all these people, they're just hanging out, right? This is just a day in the life. So we see the eighth graders run away from the seniors. The seniors are chasing after the, the freshmen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, O'Banion, Ben Affleck ends up chasing uh, Mitch and one of Mitch's friends, right? Yes. They yes. they ditch they ditch the car that they're in and run up to the door front door. Doesn't make and it. O'Banion's about to whoop the shit out of them. But what happens? Mama, Mama Bear, Mama Bear, Mama yep. whips that Mama's door got a open. I love it. She yep. was ready. She's got. Mm-mm. Get your hands off my kid. I will fuck you up. Yeah, yeah. So Mama comes out with a shotgun, and O'Banion's like, "All right, sorry, ma'am. Sorry, ma'am. I was just." Escorting your children home, you know. Right. Uh, but really, it just makes him even more angry. He does, yeah. I'm going to get you. Yeah, you think you had it bad before. Just wait. I fucking saw that, you little sack of shit. You two are fucking dead. You hear me? You're fucking dead. So, yeah, so the, the party's canceled, and the jocks decide, well, all right, can't go to uh, Pickford's anymore. We're going to go to the Emporium, the, the pool hall. And Johnny... Here we are. We meet Wooderson. Wooderson! Say, man, you got a joint? Okay. This, what this, whole, this whole night is about Wooderson. Okay, we finally come to Wooderson. Driving his 1970s Chevrolet Chevelle, right? Hashtag Wood for Wooderson. Woo! I like that one. That's a good hashtag. Sorry. <laughs> That's a good hashtag. Yeah, so uh, McConaughey plays Wooderson. He's riding around with Pink, again, the, the high school mm-hmm. quarterback, who has taken Mitch under his wing a little bit in the same way that Mitch's sister Jody took Sabrina under her wing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Mitch has been, he's gotten spanked now at this point by the seniors, and Mitch is, or Pink is like, hey, you know, you're cool, hang out with us tonight. So they come to pick him up in Wooderson's Chevelle, and <laughs> this is where we get, you know, McConaughey's line where he says, hey, man. You got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I alluded to this early in the record here, but the fucking nerve of McConaughey to have the amount of swagger that he has in this scene. The fucking nerve, Johnny. Who the fuck am I? I'm nothing. I want to be that. We need to live that life, Mark. Yeah. We can be that. We can't. He's got these like peach or salmon pants on, this tight t-shirt with uh, Ted Nugent's face on it, this like little pipe or something on a necklace, thin mustache, sideburns, long sideburns, right? He walks into the Emporium. He doesn't just open the door, right? Did, did you clock this? No, I did not catch this. Okay, so the camera is inside the Emporium facing the door. Right, right? yeah. And as soon as the door opens, it starts moving back, following McConaughey as Wooderson. You know, he's front. And they got Pink and Mitch in the back. But, like, McConaughey doesn't just open the door like you would open a door. He reaches up to the top, opens the door from the top, okay? Which is, like, I don't know why, but it's a cool move. And you see, like, his muscles, right? And he's, he's, he walks in, and he doesn't... He, never, he doesn't stop, right? He doesn't stop to look around and clock the room. This is his house. <laughs> well, okay, that's true. But cut, correct me if I'm wrong, he's also years older than everyone else. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is not his first time around this block. But this, I mean, this is his house. This is his town, right? Mm-hmm. And, but this, mm-hmm. I mean, we know nothing about this character other than he wants to join, right? That's true. So yep. we learn just what you just said. We learn that from this just a few seconds on screen. The way he opens the door, and again, he never pauses. He's immediately scanning the room, like very calmly, very chill. And I, the camera doesn't move at 100% speed. You know, it's going a little bit slower, mm-hmm. which adds to the swagger, you know? Yeah. But people yep. are people are waving at him, oh, being yeah. like acknowledging him. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, 
I don't think that this amount of swagger has been on screen before or since. That's all I'm saying. Patience, darling, patience. And yeah, we're here at the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, Wooderson congratulates Pink. He says, you know, you told the coach off. You're living, man. Uh, and then he says, Wooderson says, I found my third win. Living. Shit. I'm getting my third win. Let's get on the road. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if we... Yeah. I mean, the sun's up. You know, they've been up for at least 24 hours here. They all go off to buy Aerosmith tickets, which they've mentioned a few times throughout the movie. Yeah. I don't think that... I don't know that we've talked about it, but... Uh, that was the big thing. They were they were going to buy Aerosmith tickets. The size of Steve Tyler's mouth is very scary to me. You wonder what's in there. Well, teeth, I hope, right? But probably more than I have. You know, he sang a song for a movie about a comet, right? So you just think, like, is there a black hole in the mouth? Is there a connection? <laughs> is that why he sang that song? Was yeah, he, Was he telling right. us something? Right? Exactly. You got to wonder. Man, it's the same bullshit they tried to pull in my day. You know, if it ain't that piece of paper, some other choice they're going to try and make for you. And let me tell you this. The older you do get, the more rules are going to try to get you to follow. <laughs> you just got to keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. <laughs> and I just want to say, we are the voice of the angels. <laughs> We got you live right here on Z103, <laughs> the voice of the angels. <laughs> Man, what a douchebag. What a douchebag. Oh, you talking about uh, Ranch Wilder? Yeah, Ranch fucking Wilder <laughs> with his big ass chin. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 That's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lizzie. You can't fire me. I am Ranch Wilder. No, you can't fire me. I've got a contract. A contract. That's, yeah. Dude, I had so much fun watching this movie. I had to break it up into two parts to fit it in, but it just took me back, man. I, I yeah, yeah. I was saying lines as they were happening, and Lizzie turns around. She goes, "Have you seen this?" I'm like, "Babe, this is one of those movies in the '90s that just they kept playing." Okay. You could, you could not see this movie. That's absolutely true, but I'm surprised that you could remember the lines. Um, okay, so, yeah, no. I, I mean, sometimes you're just like in the moment, man, and, and I knew it. Like, I knew it was coming. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you should know I made really bad grades in school because my mind was filled with this kind of bullshit. All right? Unhelpful. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> Unhelpful. Yeah, what are you going to do? Well, I don't know. My parents threw me a big-ass party when I graduated high school. I don't think they saw that coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you graduated. You, you were fine. We've already talked about your, your many advanced degrees. So oh, my God. We're not worried yeah. about, about your smarts. Mm. Um, uh, well, Mark, who is your favorite character in this movie? My favorite character, probably JP. JP. What's yeah, the, lo- yeah. the little friend of Jordan Joseph Levitt. <laughs> Joseph Gordon Levitt. <laughs> Does he speak? <laughs> yes, he speaks. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, he's just this little kid, you know. I mean, Joseph Gordon Levitt is probably 12 or 13, yep. but uh, JP's even younger. And yeah, I don't know. He was fun to watch. He was. He was fun to watch. I agree. Um, I'm going to go with the foster mom. Okay. And it's not because uh, I was impressed by her performance uh, or her really at all in this film. But Lizzie did point out that she is the pigeon lady in Home Alone. So therefore, I vote for the pigeon lady. I wasn't always like this, you know. Oh, what were you like before? Did you have any kids? No. Brenda Fricker. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Look alone. at you, Brenda Fricker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt weightless, like somebody had me by the arm, Skip. Or, or he should be able well, to also afford- bird lady. Go ahead. I was going to say also bird lady, right? I mean, height of her career. What? Are, what? Did she do anything else? What happened to Bird Lady? And the Oscar goes to 
Brenda Fricker in my left foot. I don't know. I saw Brenda Fricker on IMDb. I'm like, hey, I know that name. I don't know what yep. else she's in. So. Did you feel like uh, the the mustache that they put on Miguel was appropriate? Yes. You did? <laughs> I saw that. I was like, really? Really, guys? <laughs> I mean, I think he's, you know, he's supposed to be a little older. He's probably 14. Uh, you know. I just, yeah. I was like, why, why did you put that dirty mustache on him? Why did you do that? What did you got to do? Why? <laughs> Leave that boy alone. <laughs> I, I had I had a goatee at age you know, 15, 14, 15. Oh my gosh, dude. You had a go- dirty ass goatee. You had a goatee and hair resembling like Ronald McDonald, right? Didn't McDonald have weird ass hair? Yeah, I think so. Mine was not dyed, you know, cray- Crayola red. That's but, true. Uh, That's true. Yeah. But certainly had the volume, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was a fun little experiment there at the end of high school. No, oh, yeah. We loved it. And it talks about McConaughey. Uh, he went to uh, audition for this role and like walked through a backlit doorway. The sun was shining behind him. And the, uh, you know, the casting folks were like, you look like an all American kid. Have you played baseball? He goes, yeah, 12 years I played. He goes, you got the job. Bullshit. <laughs> like it took nothing, you know, and, and he got paid $48,500 and he was set like that started him in Hollywood. And I, so, so I, I threw out that number, Johnny, I want you to reflect on that. He was not in this movie very much. Was he? No, he was very much a, a B list character. Like I was watching and trying to take note. Like he did yeah. have some speaking lines, but his, yeah, his primary objective was to be the four person when we're talking about the generic baseball players. Right. Like if yeah. if we were ever panning out to the baseball team, his face would always be first. Like like that's who he was, right? That was his role. Yeah, and he was the first player to to interact with the Angels. True story. Yep. Uh, we see him get picked up by the Angels again later. He like uh, runs through the the back the back yeah. wall. Yep. We do, we do see him shirtless one time in the locker room. Noticed. Hell yeah, I did. Ding 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 ding. Yep. Not even Disney can hold that back. We didn't see him shirtless as Wooderson, but we saw him shirtless in a children's movie. <laughs> Wooderson. Don't, <laughs> don't bring up Wooderson. Okay. <laughs> We're not talking about Wooderson. We're talking about Williams. Also W. All right. Hey, okay. Uh-huh. So we got Larry, Wooderson, Williams. Yeah. Okay. All right. There's not a pattern here yet, but we're looking for one. Yeah. His next role is he's going to be Abe Lincoln, so no W there, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> he's going to be Abe Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. I mean, all right. And Lozano smashes one to deep center. I don't think Williams will get to this one. What did like stand out to me was uh, Tony Danza's character. We mm-hmm. see him early in the movie. He's he's in one of those uh, like silver. <laughs> looks like it's a water tub for livestock. You know, like a water trough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's like a hot bath or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and he's obviously doing some kind of therapy for his shoulder, and he's smoking a cigarette. We don't see him smoking again until near the end. And then Christopher Lloyd, who is like the, the head angel, Al, mm-hmm. he he tells <laughs> he tells Joseph Gordon Levitt's character, this twelve year old, he says, "Oh, Tony Danza will be with us soon." What? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, he only has six months to live. He's smoked like a smokestack his whole life. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, you're gonna do this in a children's well, movie? <laughs> Hey, props to Disney, all right? Yeah. They were the real truth campaign. Okay? Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what that was. Yeah, they were a few years ahead of their time. <laughs> They're uh. like, we're taking matters into our own hands here. <laughs> the only lines I really remember him saying 
are when we first, so we see Al first, the boss angel, Christopher Lloyd, but when we first see the angels in the outfield, they pick up Matthew McConaughey's character, Williams, right? Mm -hmm. And like, yep, do this unnatural, like carry, and he catches a ball. And uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character ends up interacting with Danny Glover's character and says, hey, I saw angels ask Williams. You know, he he will tell you something felt different. Right. right. And this is where we get the line where where the Ben Williams character says, like, I don't know, Captain. I felt weightless. You, you know, something like that. But Yeah, yeah. Like someone was carrying me. Yep. There you go. Yeah. I felt weightless like somebody had me by the arm, Skip. How'd I do that? But otherwise, uh, maybe he had some other lines, but it was mostly just in like action montages of him out on the field and just yeah, in the locker definitely. room, things like that. That's that's what I'm saying. Like his job was to be the face of the other players, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that was his role. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't Tony Danza. He wasn't the catcher. Um, you know, he th- there were a few players who were, who were major roles. McConaughey, just... Just, just not so much. I feel like, yeah, yeah. The catcher talking about chili dogs, <laughs> chili dogs. Yeah, <laughs> could I think he dogs. had more lines than McConaughey. It wasn't like a regular home, no. It felt like someone was swinging with me. Very strange. I could feel some added power coming from somewhere. It must have been those chili dogs I ate before the game. You know, that third one tasted kind of funny. So I actually went to Disney lately and brought this up to a Disney employee. Uh, I don't know why we struck up a conversation. Okay. Uh, but apparently, the people who work at Disney, um, they're, it's a very close-knit family uh, for the cast members and the people working and, and all these people, right? You would think there are so many of them that they're just numbers. Apparently not. They really like each other. Um, but in Disneyland in California, because it's a smaller park, she's like, man, that's just the place to be when you're here, your family. Like, she loved it there. Loved it. Isn't that Applebee's yeah. or something? When you hear your family? <laughs> <laughs> what is like, that? I don't know. I, I know I didn't make that up, but uh, I have no idea where it came from. The Olive Garden. When you're here, your family. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we cannot turn this into a Disney podcast, a Disney Parks podcast. I'll tell you that. I, I don't know enough. Well, I mean, listen, Ron DeSantis, if you're listening, okay, we're much more interested in Disney than we are you. For the record, all right. Let this show be a testament. Yeah, I ordered my um, I ordered my Halloween costume early. Okay. Uh, what? Yeah, I've got the high heel boots, the Ron DeSantis high heel boots. <laughs> what? So that I can be five foot eight. Yeah, yeah. I, I got my good. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look that up because I don't know what you're, what you're talking about. Is he wearing heels? Do, do what? Yeah. Is he trying to lift himself up? Yeah, yeah. If you look in you like it. his his appearances uh, on yeah on camera, he's wearing these bullshit, you know, cowboy boots or whatever. But they're like ridiculously high heels. Yeah, Mark caught your ass. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you're thinking shit by him. <laughs> we we got to figure out how to review this. I guess his performance. Yeah. You know, this this review part is hard because you want to review the movie, but also his performance. You know, so I guess we can review both. You do. Right. But you also want to find um, an applicable review standard, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. what what is it going to be? One out of 10 what's, Mark? What are we talking about this time? Here's something I, I, I forgot to mention earlier. The first two angels that picked up McConaughey in that, as you said, 25, 30 foot, like mm-hmm. Air Jordan style, you know, leap in the air. Those right. two angels, I looked this up. It's Damon Wayans and Josh Groban. <laughs> what? No, <laughs> that, that's what they looked like to me. I was like, "The hell, yeah, no." <laughs> I watched that scene okay. over and over again. I'm like, "That is a Wayans brother." <laughs> I know it. Uh, and a uh, you know on IMDb, it's like, "No, it's not a Wayans brother." But I mean, the the graphics are not great. You know, I'm like, "That is a fucking Wayans brother." They address that on IMDb. Like, oh no, this is not what you think it is. Surely not. No, they just have the guy credited. Okay. Thank yeah, God. yeah. I was like, wow. Well, okay. And the other guy looks like Josh Groban. So we could we could do Groban Angels. We could do mm-hmm. Coca-Cola Angels and maybe get a sponsorship from Coca-Cola. Ooh. We could do 
Uh, I don't know. Hashtag Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that we should. All right. We're going to, we're going to call out Coca-Cola. All right. Okay. Okay. We're here for you. We are here for you. I hope you're listening. Felt weightless like somebody had me by the arm, Skip. Yeah. And we tackle some, some pretty big issues. Uh, What it is to be a gay woman. Uh, We, we tackle the AIDS epidemic, drug addiction, abusive partners. It's a, Kind of heavy. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. This is heavy. Yeah. Okay. So we go from angels picking up McConaughey in an outfield to AIDS and abusive relationships. That's right. That is a hard turn right there. It is. But don't worry. The next movie after this is uh, really bizarre. So (laughs) 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 this is just kind of an up and down time in his career. Exactly. He's just trying to figure it out, man. Okay. Right. We're not going to judge him yet. He's going to, he's taking anything he can get at this point. Right. Boy's got to get paid. Yeah. I think I've, I've done a quick watch through of boys on the side. I think you're going to enjoy his character. We see him on screen a lot more than we have in the past. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think we're going to be able to really sink our teeth into less of what the movie is about and more about who McConaughey is and like how he's developing as an actor. I'm, I'm excited about it. Ooh, I'm excited about that too. Yeah. Now when you said sink your teeth into, like I was like his abs, say it, Mark, say his abs. Johnny, we see right. him. We, okay. We see one of Drew Barrymore's nipples, maybe two. Ooh. And we, yeah. And we see McConaughey totally naked, except for like a sheet across his, his groinal area. So what's in there? Huh? His groinal. Yeah. I think it's a peen and a oh. you know two two balls and a penis. Let's hope so. Yeah, we don't see it, but we do see his nipples. <laughs> oh, hey, everyone's nipples. That's right. My nipples bring all the boys to the yard. Damn right, it's better than yours. <laughs> Sorry, just <laughs> I've been refilling my drink this whole time. I don't know if you've noticed, but. I chased my dream. I got it. I suck. My dream's cock. I read you loud and clear. 10-4. You got the one snowman. I'm eastbound and down. Eastbound and down. Loaded up and trucking. Mark, we've seen a lot of things, uh, but none of them amount to what we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. In no way are we qualified for this. Um, It did. It tackled a lot of big issues. Um, and maybe you know better than I do, historically. So that was 95. Right. Uh, I felt like some of these um, were, happened earlier, right? Like the AIDS epidemic. When, when was that? When would you classify that? So the movie Philadelphia with Tom Hanks came out in 1993. Mm-hmm. That was the first like major Hollywood motion picture about AIDS. 19, in 1994... Mm-hmm. AIDS was the leading cause of death for American adults uh, between the ages of 25 and 44. No shit. Yeah, so we are right here in the height of the AIDS well, that epidemic. Was it then. Yeah. See, I always assumed it was like a early 80s things, right? Right. Apparently not. No, that's modern history. Smells like marijuana out here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. My favorite line from the movie. Yeah. Lay yeah. it out there. Yeah, dude. Jane and Abe are at the neonatal ward, and uh, Abe's looking through, look, trying to find his baby, and he's reading the names off the uh, little plastic things, because back then it was safe to put your baby in another you know, room away from you. Mm. I don't know why, <laughs> uh, but he said, first, this first name, I don't get it. Fristad? Fristad. Why? Why is that a name? Fristad. It's not a name. Mitchell. Why did they do it? Did I say it wrong? No, it's not a name. Well, it's in the movie, Mark. No. Okay. It's written down. No, I challenge you to a duel. <laughs> that is not a real name. <laughs> Fristad Mitchell Polchik. Uh-huh. All right. And he looks over into Polchik, and what does he see? A black baby. Yep. He looks right over at Whoopi Goldberg's character, and she goes, don't look at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't see that coming. I loved that line. I thought it was beautiful. It's very good. Um, but like you were saying, everyone, this whole movie has been leading up to this um, 
fatherless baby now uh, because we thought that the father had been killed, like in the first scene. Right. Nope. Nope. Smells like marijuana out here. <laughs> they they end up in Tucson. Did you understand like how they got there? It was just kind of like they were traveling and then they just had been in Tucson for five months. Yeah. Uh, okay. So um, the AIDS carrier. Mm-hmm. What, what, Robin. Right. Robin. She got Robin. Thank you. Robin got sick, had to get rushed to a hospital. Right. Okay. Nearest hospital. Well, now they're there in Tucson. Gotcha. Uh, not Tuscany, which um, is spelled similarly for the record, because I was confused for half a second. Um, you know that, that there's a history in my family with, with this whole Tuscany ass shit. Okay. Um, I've told you about Tuscany, right? I don't know. I bought a trip to Tuscany. And oh, Lizzie was <laughs> oh, yes. so pissed about that fucking trip to Tuscany. Yes. Jesus. So now everywhere I look, I see Tuscany. So when I saw that, I was like, what the hell kind of city is this? And and then someone said it, and I was like, oh, that's how you spell Tucson. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's funny. Diana was looking up uh, cocktails for me, and she goes, yeah. <laughs> oh, here's one. It's the the Tucson blah, blah, blah. And she goes, oh, and it has a bunch of Italian ingredients. Goes, do, do you think that's, uh, is that, does that say Tuscany? Oh, yep. <laughs> yep. Okay, so it wasn't just me. And she's a doctor, so I'm in good company. Exactly. <laughs> hmm Okay, so that's uh, that's how they yeah. end up in Tucson. Yeah, the, the hospital. That, yeah, thing. she got sick and, you know, couldn't couldn't move, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure the, the nice dry climate there is, is probably good for her to start with. Yeah, she had a lot right. of uh, what, pneumonia, AIDS-induced mm-hmm. pneumonia and stuff, yeah. Smells like marijuana out here. Can I tell you what I think about this film? Yeah. Uh, if I was to give someone an elevator pitch on this film, Mark, I would say this is what happens if the sisterhood of the traveling pants yes. has a baby with rent. Whoa. That's what we have here. That's deep. Thank you. Never saw rent, but I think there were gay people. I think it was all gay people with AIDS. They, they nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if they all had AIDS, Newman. but yeah, I think, I think it was about the AIDS <laughs> epidemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I definitely, I, I had Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants written down. Really? Yeah, yeah. Have you seen it? No. Me either. Yeah. No, okay. not at all. <laughs> Smells like marijuana out here. Okay, so that's good to know. Three months later, mm-hmm. they're hanging out in a bar. There are um, a few lesbians. I mean, it seems like it, it's like a little little community of lesbians and other like well, like hippies, right? The indi- the indigo girls, the real indigo girls, are actually on stage. What? So, yeah, the real indigo girls. They're singing their song, uh, "Joker Joking." It's in the notes here somewhere. No, yeah, it's a true story. Way. That yeah. is cool. Also, both lesbians, but not together. Okay. Wow. Very if pro- you believe that, I don't know. Very progressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's a very accepting community. And then, Definitely. Uh, you know, of course, they're, they're concerned about law enforcement. And then who walks into the bar? Please welcome Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Or, or Officer Lincoln. Right. He's like, yeah. Have any of you seen Holly Popchick, po- po- whatever whatever you said her last name was? Uh, I think it's Polchik, but I don't know. I didn't. Yep. And then he like describes her, and they're really worried. Like I was worried. Yeah. Yeah. They finally I'm caught close. up to us. Well, that's not what happened, right? Turns out he wants to boink her, right? Sounds like they've been boinking, and Holly has just not told her friends. <laughs> it's very likely. Very likely. Yeah. Smells like marijuana out here. It was not his uh, defining, like, happy-go-lucky, just kind of, like, breezing through life. This is the exact opposite. He was like, I'm going to follow the fucking rules. Like, I am the rule guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, how about you? What do you think? Yeah. Very matter-of-fact about everything. Mm-hmm. Did, did you get Forrest Gump vibes? Will you marry me? I'd make a good husband, Jenny. Marry me. <laughs> Marry me. Marry me tomorrow. I can see it. I definitely see it. Smells like marijuana out here. 
not his best character. I don't want to see it again. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I got thoughts on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you want to share them? No. I mean, come on. No, not yet. I want to talk about him being shirtless. Mm. So he Did we see him shirtless? Yeah, so he and Drew Barrymore, uh, as you, you you know, put a timeline on it. She's five months pregnant, and yep. and they're having sex, and uh, we see him with the shirt off in bed, right? We do, but I was not looking at him. To be fair, yeah, yeah. Drew Barrymore was also without a shirt. You told me there's like a nip slip in this movie. Mm-hmm. That is not proper advertisement. <laughs> okay, from start to finish, I saw a lot of Drew Barrymore boob. Okay. Well more than I expected. Yeah. I'm sorry. Listeners, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Smells like marijuana out here. Yeah. Uh, So, okay. Okay. You and I had a group of four or five friends that would go on on trips much like this. Um, Mm -hmm. Less killing. Right. uh, Not as much killing. Uh, We didn't go as far. Mm Mm-hmm. And none of us ended up dying at the end. But no pregnancies. Similar, uh, not that we're aware of. Hey, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, similar vibes. So I, I was able to identify with that. Like, I, And I feel very fortunate with the group of friends that I had in high school. I know that not everyone gets that. Like, I do feel like we were lucky there. Uh, but, but to that, I, I can identify with that sisterhood of the traveling pants mm-hmm. part, I think. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Women be crazy. I'd like to hear what they had, what they, what they were thinking. The brotherhood of the traveling condom. I've never reused a condom. Uh, but assuming that you rolled it back up mm-hmm. the way that you rolled it down mm-hmm. seems doable. Just use some bleach and mail it, mail it to your your buddy somewhere else, and. Seems like you'd eat holes in it. I think you just got to rinse it out and wish for the best. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, I think I think we've got a film franchise cooking here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Smells like marijuana out here. I think my McConaughey is going to be a line from Whoopi Goldberg's character. They're in the mm-hmm. the hospital. Um, McConaughey's character Abe he he misses the birth. Mm-hmm. He comes to the hospital in a suit. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. It, his arm's full of stuffies, which is what we call them in our ha- in our house, but stuffed animals. Okay. He's just dropping them along the, the hallway as he's running. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> which mm-hmm. adds to like the simpleton Forrest Gump persona. Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, but they're, they're about, he missed the birth and uh, Whoopi's about to take him to see the baby. And she says... She says, have you ever seen one of these things? They're really ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, do you think she was talking about the baby? Yes. (laughs) No, I thought she... Yes. (laughs) Do you remember Pastor Dan? Youth Pastor Dan. He talked about the birth of one of his children where the baby came out and it looked like an alien. And he's like, I prayed to God that, you know... And a few hours later... Uh, it, it looked normal, but they do. They autocorrect after a while. I can speak from experience there. Yeah. Um, but I okay. See, when she said that, I just assumed that she meant the birth, and that like you were lucky you missed out. Don't worry. Don't worry about being late. You're good. Uh, I think she was saying, "Hey, I'm your tour guide. I'm going to take you to see this baby." But uh, they're ugly, so you know, limit your expectations. No, no, no. I think you're reading the room wrong there, Mark. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back and rewatch it. But I, <laughs> I wanted to be here for it, you know, to help her with the breathing yeah. and everything. Next time, next time, you ever seen one of these things? They're really ugly. Where are they? Let's go. I, all right. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's rewatch that part. But, but to be fair, to be fair, babies are in fact ugly. Most most babies are ugly. I don't care what you tell your neighbor when they have a baby. Yeah. You're lying. Right. Yeah. Everyone. Right knows. when they pop out, there's not not a lot of features. Right. Mm. A lot of cone head things going mm-hmm. on. You got to count the toes to make sure. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot going on there. Yeah. Covered in cheese. <laughs> 
If you like this episode, please subscribe, drop us a five-star review, uh, and share with your friends. Help us add to our listenership. Uh, we, uh, yeah, we really want to get this to as many ears as possible. We are here to share McConaughey with the world. Be the bridge. Yeah. As he says in this movie, evening, ladies. You know, we're, we're, we're just here to... <laughs> We're just here to say, here he is. <laughs> that's that's exactly right, right man. That, that is it. <laughs> Evening, ladies. <laughs> Jane is black? Yes, ma'am. She sure is. She's a black lesbian? Yes, ma'am. That is right. I'm your guest host, Johnny Phillips. And I'm your guest host, Mark Usher. And today we have with us... A special guest host... Amanda. Do I say my name? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. what's the ex- I'm Amanda. Amanda Cusack, to be exact. You know, we can go full name. Do you think all I want to do is kill you? I don't know. What are you drinking? Amanda, you want to go first? Sure. Okay, so I, I don't know if this counts as cheating. Um, I was doing all this cocktail research, and I, everything I was coming up with was really bizarre. I mean, what I'm drinking is really bizarre. I found that Matthew McConaughey did a margarita recipe for the Food Network at some point. So this is his margarita, and actually I have to pull oh. up the recipe because I had to go out to the store and buy everything for this cocktail because I. <laughs> it's, it sounds disgusting. It t- it's called the Just Keep Living Margarita, no G. Drop the G when mm-hmm. you're talking about Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. It right. is uh, tequila. It calls for anejo, anejo, but I, that's expensive and I wasn't going to put it in this cocktail when you hear the rest of the ingredients. So I used a Blanco okay. tequila, <laughs> uh, lime juice, orange liqueur, orangina. Okay. I had to use Jaritos because I couldn't find orangina, tonic water, and cranberry juice. Whoa. So this is, I mean, okay. Just keep living, Margarita. It's actually, it's actually um, not that bad. I just am not a huge orange liqueur. Orange liqueur and the orangina together. I was like, that seems like a lot, but it's pretty good. That is a lot. Yeah, yeah. 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 So just keep living. Just All right. Keep living. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. Mark, the how recipe about you? does have a. Oh, sorry. I was going to say no. the recipe has a, a like a. Warning on it. it says a viewer, a guest of the show who may not be a professional cook, provided this recipe. It has not been tested for home use. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that's I, awesome. I'm risking my life with this cocktail. Anyway. <laughs> do you think all I want to do is kill you? I don't know. Yeah, they re, re- released it because um, Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger both had had, career, had careers then. Yep. Right. And they were like, great, now we can make some money off of this thing. And it still just didn't, it didn't land, yeah. even though they were both names by then. Names. I mean, they were just kind of kicking things off. But yeah, it's interesting that you can do that. And I guess, if yeah. I don't actually know the like, technicality there. If like you can re release something under a different, and as long as it's under a different name, you can do that. I have no idea. And you like recut. I have no idea like what the, is there a rule? I don't know if you're allowed to do that. I mean, I don't know. Do people I care? Know. I don't know. I, mean, I know. Right. I was like, that's so interesting. <laughs> like, just just call it the Zack Snyder cut and re-release it. <laughs> yeah, I guess the studio can do whatever they want, but yeah, yeah. Do you think all I want to do is kill you? I don't know. I think you're absolutely right, though. I mean, McConaughey really does. Like, he just sells it. Doesn't matter what's going on, and you know, even the mechanical leg. I mean, how crazy. Right. Yeah. That is the weirdest choice. Um, (laughs) That was something I couldn't get over. That was one of the things where I was like, I can't suspend my disbelief in this instance. Because that's something I like to, when I watch movies, something I play with. Like, I'll watch a ridiculous movie. I love some of the stupidest movies out there. But because they create their own world in which you can believe, you, you know, you believe this thing so you can believe the next thing. And then before you know it, you're fully suspended in this universe Mm. that was one thing that i was like every time i saw it i was like you're pulling me out of (laughs) the world by doing this ridiculous thing it's just not working even though it was controlled by like a zenith uh, (laughs) remote (laughs) we were like how many remotes how many remotes are there you didn't recharge my batteries charge pulling them out i'm like okay (laughs) it was so bizarre 
Mm-hmm. And again, yeah, so f- you go back to that bloody disgusting article and it's like, is he trying to make commentary about film and his legs controlled by TV remotes? Like how far do you take, how mm. far do you give that credit? Because I don't know. That's some deep thinking yeah. right there. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you think all I want to do is kill you? I don't know. Hey, before we come off of, of uh, the character of Vilmer too much, did y'all clock? Vilmer says, all right, all right, all right. I missed that. Me, me too. In in the dining room, he comes in, he says, all right, all right, all right. He's not near as bad as he seems once you get to know him. So much of this, I, I was trying to determine if we were going to call this a requel or a sequel or a reboot. Right. Because so many of the scenes are remade. Again, they've recycled a lot of the same kills and they've recycled. The dinner scene is completely recycled, mm-hmm. um, but turned on its head. And so I just wanted to bring that up because, again, like trying to figure out what the point of this um, making this movie like this is. So like the yeah. girl getting killed on the hook. And if I'm digressing too far, we no, can pause. please go by all but means. But Heather getting killed on the hook, that's one of the original kills in the original yep. movie. And in that movie, it is horrifying. And um, the same thing is like, I want to say like, I should have timed it, but a good chunk of this movie is them at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you get this way watching that scene, but it's very grating and almost exhausting to watch the dinner table scene. And the original is very much like that. They keep her there all night till sunrise. It's exhausting. They're screaming at each other. They're screaming at her. It's just, you almost get the same sort of like prisoner fatigue of like being right. stuck there sure. with yeah. her. Sure, wow. yeah. And they recreate that in this movie, except for at the end, again, Leatherface, who's the most imposing, scary killer. Yeah. Renee Zellweger's like, shut up and sit down. You sit the fuck down. And then he does. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so again, I'm just like, what is the, what are we doing? Do you think all I want to do is kill you? I don't know. Another scene that I felt like didn't have a lot of purpose was in the realtor's trailer <laughs> when I mean this is our introduction to Darla and she's such such a weird character. Yeah, I would love to talk more about Darla for sure. <laughs> yeah. Where she says my boobs are more phony than a three dollar bill and every peanut farmer wants you know wants to fuck me. And it was like, what where is this coming from? And then she flashes a car that throws something Honestly, through the window. I hate to admit this. I watch a lot of Selling Sunset. It's not that off. Only my tits are fake. Like, I'm not fake. Those okay. ladies, oh, they, really? they, they work late. <laughs> they, they've got their fake breasts out all the time. Yeah. I was like, I guess I could believe it. I guess I could we, believe it. We've got to clear the air here. Uh, so my wife and I are both career real estate agents. Um, and oh amazing oh okay yes because there's the other podcast yes 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 uh and and again uh no you're 100 percent right yep this 100 (laughs) percent tracks and i get annoyed by heather all the time it's just because of the way she looks because of the way she dresses because of the way she speaks it's because the lack of wheels turning up there you know we see to vilmer and things but she was very i think confident uh, as a as a character yeah no, I, that's a good argument for sure. Because um, she's actually probably one of our more complex characters with complex motivations, mm-hmm. right? Which mm-hmm. actually makes her a great female character because that's rare. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's an interesting argument. She is confident and she's there because she believes that in the Illuminati, which she is right, right? In the end. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Turns out she's right. <laughs> Whether there's a chip in her head that's going to make it explode or not, she's right. Yeah. I just can't. See, he put this little thing in my head, and all he has to do is push one little button and, and, and blow my head clean off. There's nothing in your head. Boy, the guts to just open that trunk at the drive through with the cops, you know, yeah, coming up point. to him. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, she doesn't care. She doesn't. But yeah. it, it was scenes like that where it was like, is she just totally nuts or or is she just confident? Yeah. But, do you think all I want to do is kill you? I don't know. <laughs> I just want to know where that kid came from. Well, well, that, okay. Talk about suspending disbelief. And this was something that bothered me the whole movie. Yeah. It's a very populated area. 
It was. Yeah. It really was. Yes. I was like, there's cars, there's like motorcycles, there's businesses, there's... I'm like, this is very populated for one of these movies, I thought. I mean, how much has to be going on in that town for a real estate agent to be working at 10 o'clock at night? Okay? That is a happening yeah. place. Just saying. And again, I and kept... They were... Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, and they were only a mile off of the main <laughs> road. And, you know, I guess they explain it by saying, uh, oh, don't talk to that old man at the service station. You know, he's a he's a creep or whatever. But if you're, I don't know. Yeah, that didn't sell it for me. Yeah, and I kept, it, the house is identical or close to that original house. And so, again, trying to give this movie more credit than maybe it deserves. I don't know. I kept being like, oh, it's the same house and like civilization has encroached in to mm. their space, right? It used to be remote, but over time, over the 25 odd years, whatever, civilization's encroached in and they've just continued to operate and they've changed how they operate, but they're still there. I love that. Mm -hmm. I think that's fantastic. Hold on to that. Absolutely. <laughs> My husband was like, absolutely not. I'm like, okay, well. Uh, <laughs> okay. He's like, that's well, too he... much credit. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think it's real. I think it's real. Do you think all I want to do is kill you? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I just read in, in Green Lights where he he partied for 32 hours after the Longhorns won some game. I was playing the yeah. djembe naked, smoking a bowl in his apartment. <laughs> yeah, and the cops yeah, busted yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. like, so brilliant. He's something else. Yeah. Yeah, he keeps it real. Yeah. Again. He somehow keeps it real, but also he's like an aloofness I'll never encapsulate in my life. Yeah. I but. don't don't talk not with an attitude like that. <laughs> no, you can do it. <laughs> I need some like strong something or other because yeah. <laughs> he's so hardworking and somehow so chill. I'm like, how do you do both? How do you do both, Matthew? Yeah. That's what makes him a legend. Okay. That's why I read Green Lights. I was like, tell me how. What's the recipe? Yes, right. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, I'm from Texas. I'm like, okay, well, that's not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> do you think all I want to do is kill you? I don't know. If you're not a starter and you think you should be, give them no choice in the decision. Play so well, it's undeniable. I mean, that really is how he takes his roles, right? It is how he works. Yeah. yeah. That's, yep. Even Larry. All right, let's go all the way back to Larry, the guy who... <laughs> With no, what, I mean, just getting shot in the front lawn, yeah. you know, doing Larry things. <laughs> yeah. Committed. 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 He is committed. I think yeah. I tracked a Larry scream in, in, in this Vilmer performance. So I'm going to have to do a side by side for the listeners. I swear it's yes. the same scream. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> do you think all I want to do is kill you? I don't know. And then saw the movie and was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. And then like, as I processed it, I'm like, that's pretty good. And so I was going to say, have you seen Thunderdome, Mark? I mean, come on. There are lots of things out there. <laughs> yeah. So maybe. I love Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the best one. But anyway. Don't you worry about that old boy that drives the record. I have not yet begun to fight. That's John Paul Jones. Why are my batteries not charged? Discretion is the better part of valor. And the Billy Shakespeare. It was supposed to be a spiritual experience. Thanks for listening, folks. If you have some eggnog or Lagavulin scotch handy, I suggest you find a fire of your own, imbibe a little, and reflect on your goals for the new year. Until next time, peace and goodwill towards all of you McConaughey's. Bye, y'all.
I am interested for us to get to the place in our podcast where he really has turned the corner, right? Like people have realized this guy is onto something. Like this is like I, I, I want to identify that moment where America woke up and said, more than a piece of abs, this guy right here, he's a piece of abs and he can act. <laughs> 